Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. A precious, moldering pleasure tis to meet an antique book in just the dress his century wore, a privilege, I think. The poetry is Emily Dickinson's, but the voice is that of former St. Louis public radio reporter Lauren Cuoco. She died August 8th at her home in University City after a long illness. Longtime listeners may remember her voice from arts reports for Morning Edition and All Things Considered in addition to this station, but she did so much more behind the scenes. Cuoco had been KWMU's former operations manager. With the late novelist William Gass, she founded and oversaw Washington University's International Writers' Center, now the Center for the Humanities. Herself a writer, she edited multiple books, and she was a force for the St. Louis Poetry Center and the River Sticks magazine. Joining me in studio to talk about this remarkable literary life is Mary Edwards, a longtime St. Louis public radio producer. Edwards retired from St. Louis on the Air last year as its executive producer. She still serves the station in a part-time role. Did you know Lauren? If you'd like to share a memory, give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Mary Edwards, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Mary, Lauren's first introduction to many St. Louisans was as a reporter for this station. How did she get started in her radio career? Well, she actually first came as a classical music announcer, mainly because that's what the opening was. And although she became a classical music expert at that time, that was not her forte. And she studied really hard to to be good at it. And then uh, she did some news work, and then she uh, started doing uh, arts uh, arts interviews. Uh, We had had a series before she came uh, called Ars Poetica, and she was a big uh, she was a poet herself and um, a big fan of poetry, so she, she took that over. And uh, then gradually she, she started producing features, not just for the station, but for National Public Radio. Um, her husband sent me a list yesterday, and I had no idea. Uh, between the years 1981 and 1989, she... Uh, produced 28 different features that aired nationally, not to mention the many, many things she did for the station and and the way she served in other capacities. And so these were stories about St. Louis she was bringing to a national audience. And and back at that time, uh, you know, in in the 80s, St. Louis in the Midwest was definitely flyover country as, as far as NPR was concerned. They concentrated so much on both coasts. So she she really did a great service to St. Louis and the many organizations in it by uh, you know pitching ideas to to the network and letting them know that yes great things are happening in St. Louis, and obviously was was very successful at it. So um, a, a lot of organizations in St. Louis too um, owe a debt of gratitude uh, to her for bringing their work to a national audience. She had a long run at the station, but at one point, she also quit. Tell us what happened. She, she did. Lauren was very principled, had a great uh, sense of justice. And I won't go into the details, but there was a struggle going on as to uh, whether the general manager programmed the radio station or his superiors uh, in the upper administration. And we were mostly classical music at that point, and they were reluctant for us to um, air much news programming and... Um, when the general manager wanted to add All Things Considered and expand Morning Edition, um, he, he was told he couldn't do that. So, um, what so, a she, scandal. Just, so <laughs> she just said, she just said I, 
I can't work for for a station, you know, the, the, you know, because I, I I really believe that these programs should be brought to the public. So she quit, and there were some other efforts, and eventually, um, you know, the the administration relented, and um, you know, established that the general manager could decide what was best. And then and she was part she of it, and, and then she and then she did come back because you know, now this was a place that she was happy to work at again, and we were thrilled to have her back. So we have her to thank for the fact that we've got news on this station. Uh, we're also joined today by Joel Miner, a curator of, tran of manuscripts and the Modern Literature Collection at Washington University Libraries. Joel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Joel, what was the International Writers Center and, and what was her role in that? Yeah, the International Writers Center started in, in 1990 at Washington University. Uh, Gerhild Williams um, got it started and, and William Gass was the first director and only director actually and they hired Lauren uh, right away. They wanted her um, to be the associate director. And, and Lauren served in that role for 10, 11 years that it was in existence um, before it became the Center for Humanities in 2003. And what would she have done in that role? Um, yeah. So she was in charge of um, organizing the events um, and also um, managing the budget raising funds. Uh, so really, she was the main administrator. All this behind-the-scenes stuff exactly. to make this work. Mm -hmm. You wrote in a blog post that Lauren had left, quote, indelible marks on Wash U's collections yeah. in ways almost too many to mention. Mm -hmm. Not to go down the too many to mention, sure. but, but what are a few ways? Yeah, so uh, for one, I'll you know start with her own papers. She, she uh, in my Actually, when I first started in 2012, I met her during my first week there, and I, and I remember that very well. Um, as she struck me as someone who was very interested and in who had this position because she saw this modern literature collection at Washington University as being an important legacy for um, literary papers, um, uh, especially in, in the St. Louis area. And so she uh, donated some of her papers and through her work uh, interviewing and uh, corresponding with many um, literary talents, uh, especially in St. Louis, Stanley Elkin, Howard Nemiroff, and others. Um, she she had many important papers there, but the International Writers Center Archive, uh, which she very much um, organized and kept together, um, she really wanted that to be at Washington University, and um, that is a really large, um, important collection, uh, especially for anyone who's interested in William Gass and his activities. Um, and so the International Writers Center, in, in all of its work with international writers, as well as local activities um, that they did, um, are all there and preserved in the archive. Um, and then also she was responsible for getting uh, the St. Louis Poetry Center archive there, the Arts and Transit collection, the Duff's Restaurant Literary Events collection, the Duff's Restaurant closed a long, beloved um, a place for uh, poetry readings and literary events uh, closed in 2013, and she suggested us. So she's just very much been a, an advocate for, um, um, you know, these these archival records of, of important literary figures and events in, in St. Louis. She also wrote her own poetry. One of our producers found a clip. It was actually digitized by Wash U Libraries yeah. um, of her reading her own work in 1991 at Duff's, the mm -hmm. restaurant you were just referring to yeah. in the Central West End. Mm -hmm. This is a piece called Motel Rooms. Motel Rooms where the cleaning ladies change the sheets daily and replenish the matches, where requests are small and simple and met, when breakfasts came whenever after dreams of eternal breakfasts, 
We sat and faced each other and watched Saturday morning cartoons. From Santa Fe, where we cried together, to New Orleans, where we were sick together, from toasted cheese to lobster, to all the places where we bathed together. We managed. We excelled. No hay fever, no headaches. We saw each other all day long and liked it. You even looked at goblets with me. You were your loveliest then, my dear. Motel rooms suit us. That was Lauren Cuoco reading aloud from her work in 1991. Sometimes the stereotype of a poet is that they're more of a recluse. Think about Emily Dickinson that we that she was reading from earlier. Um, but Mary, we have just heard such an outpouring of people who were touched by Lauren. What was her personality like, and what was she like as a coworker? Oh, she had a wonderful, wonderful personality. Um, I have to mention the voice because we got many mm. comments. She had this mellifluous voice. Yes. Some people loved, equated with kind of a Lauren. A call voice, and she she also had a very infectious laugh that, but she used only at the the appropriate times. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, another thing I remember is 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 that um, she kind of got the staff. She was a morale booster. She would organize outings outside of the station. You know, let's go to happy hour, or you know, we got together on a Saturday evening or something, and that had never happened before before Lauren came. So she brought uh, people together socially. She brought, she, she brought people together socially. What role did she play with younger journalists? Well, that was one of, I think, her greatest uh, legacy. Um, Back then, we had a a set of students that had, uh, it was even called the KWMU student staff that they turned the station over to in the middle of the night on the weekends. And then they did a transition where they, they brought them in working with the professional staff. And I don't know how many people she worked with and, and trained. And, um, you know, I mentioned how she did uh, all these national stories. Well, she even had some of these students that, that, that she felt were, were really good. She would mentor them to pitch and produce a piece. Now, she could have done that herself, but she thought it was important for their training. And um, and there are many people who went on to, to other things. There, uh, one person in particular uh, came into the station as a volunteer and working under Lauren, um, excelled in radio, and when um, Bob Edwards came to town with Morning Edition, they broadcast out of our studios. A producer took a liking to him, hired him at NPR, and he went on to a career where he worked on almost every major program, you know, in, with the foundation of that starting with, with Lauren Cuoco. And working as a volunteer. volunteer. Yeah. Talk about a Well, I mean, he eventually got put on the, yeah. but, but he just walked in one day and said, I'd like to l- learn radio, and, you know, and we saw that he, th- that he was promising. And then um, also some of uh, her students, her, her husband was in a position where occasionally he had a, a, a job to fill. And if Lauren thought that one of her students, you know, one of these people that she had mentored would be appropriate for that, she would recommend them. And so there were several of them who went on to, to you know, really big jobs, one, you know, one of them. And where did her husband work? Uh, at the time, he worked for Bush Creative. Oh, okay. Which is now, then eventually it morphed off as its own business, but... So it was an agency that she was able to hook people up with. Yeah, but but they had connections with the Cardinals and and you know Anheuser Busch and all that. So, in in, in fact, I, I, I saw on Facebook one of them you know said my first professional job in the industry was due to the fact that Lauren Cuoco and John Fowler believed in me, 
That was Mary. That is Mary Edwards, um, who is a, a former producer of this show. We're also joined by Joel Miner, a curator of manuscripts at Washington University Libraries, talking about Lauren Cuoco, um, who recently passed away. We have gotten so many emails from people. Um, one of them is from Roger, a member of the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. He writes that he is, quote, terribly saddened to hear of Lauren's passing. He calls her an arts advocate with few equals. He adds, in 1985, I was a 29-year-old with zero journalistic experience, yet as a member of the horn section of the St. Louis Symphony, she trusted me as an embedded reporter on our first European tour. Late at night, I would call Lauren with news of each day's events and concerts. Sometimes I would turn over the mic to others, such as our guest pianist, Emmanuel Axe. We were all jet-lagged, merry from post-concert partying, and barely coherent at times. Yet Lauren edited each interview to put us all in the best light. Decades later, she made me a copy of the interviews, which she had archived. Um, Joel, she was just interested in so many different facets of the art scene. Um, but one of the things that she seems to be best known for is the work that she did with the novelist William Gass. Mm, yeah. um, do you know how they first started working together? Um, I believe it was on the, the board of the River Sticks. Uh, which, yes, the literary magazine. The literary magazine, yeah. And they, of course, have been around since the mid-'70s in St. Louis and have uh, not only published a magazine, but been um, very active in um, local literary events, readings, and and whatnot. And both both of them were involved in that. I believe in the early '80s, I would say. Um, and I I believe this was before she interviewed him on the radio. Um, but anyway, that that was kind of the start of their relationship. And he um, famously finished this novel that was was huge yeah. and and sort of controversial in its uh-huh. own way. Um, but I understand the audiobook is widely praised. She was the one who worked on that. Yeah, she produced it, and that was in two thousand five. About um, over at Clayton Studios, they recorded it, and we have um, a couple copies in the archive. And there, it's a multi CD. I believe ten or twelve. CDs. Um, All for this one book. For this one book, yeah. And I believe it's still available through Dalkey Archive Press. Um, and so, yeah, that was a big feat. We also got an email from someone named MK. Um, she writes about visiting Lauren and her husband, John. I arrived, I arrived late evening. She put on jazz and talked about her residency in the artist colony at Marfa and how she met her husband on a movie they both worked on. During the day, we followed her itinerary of things I must see in St. Louis, the St. Louis Art Museum, of course. We went to a current artist exhibition. She narrated, narrated the history of buildings we drove by of entire neighborhoods. St. Louis, she was proud of you. She took every chance she she could to say she loved you. Mary, what do you think about her relationship with St. Louis? Did she grew up here? Did she have mixed well, feelings actually, at she, all about she, staying she, here? She, she actually grew up in Lebanon, Lebanon Illinois, and um, eventually she and John moved to St. to the University City, where they've lived for the last, I don't know, 20 years or something. Mm-hmm. But do you I think mean, she ever wanted to, to go onto a bigger pond or... You know, I I don't really know the answer to that question. All I know is is that that, that she was in St. Louis and she loved St. Louis. She was proud of St. Louis and she wanted everybody else to 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 be proud of it too. I I have one little anecdote. Uh, uh, along the way, we got a uh, we added a position of program director, and so she was all excited because she was going to introduce this person to all the important arts people in town. Well, as it turned out, this person was was a bit of a recluse and preferred to stay behind his computer doing ratings and things. And and she just couldn't imagine because she had all these grand plans that she was you know going to take me around you know to all the art openings and to the the symphony and other music concerts jazz and everything and um, and she just couldn't get him to share her excitement so. 
<laughs> that must have been very frustrating. Uh, Stephen, a friend of Lauren's, also wrote us an email. He said, Lauren was a serious and generous intellectual citizen. Her standards for literature were high. She knew great work, and she knew why our lives would be richer for reading it. While quick with a laugh, Lauren cared deeply about substance. As she closed an email to me in March of, 20, of 2006, I am interested in truth. Joel, you're hoping to preserve her legacy at Wash U. What what are some plans you have for that? Yeah, um, I actually talked with um, with John, her her widower, about uh, what she left behind in in her uh, personal archive and professional work. And there are 12 to 14 boxes um, that that could come our way. So um, I, that's one thing. Her her uh, archive will will grow quite a bit. And I, I think through all of these collections that I mentioned earlier that she had a hand in as we we promote them and and become more of a center for the study of um, of local uh, literary organizations and events. Her name will will always be you know prominent among them, um, and and I, I I think through all those efforts, um, you mentioned uh, a, a digitized digitized recording of her uh, re- uh, at Duff's restaurant, and so. That's another way, you know, we're, we're digitizing things, making them available online, um, and she'll always be, you know, important in, in those efforts. Mary Edwards, one last question for you. What do you think of as Lauren's legacy here in St. Louis, if you had to distill it down? Oh, my, she had so many, but um, I, I, I guess I would go back to, to, to what I said earlier about her bringing St. Louis to a national audience. I think you know, that may be the, the greatest legacy. I mean, obviously the work with the International Writers' Center and, the, and all that has, has got to be way up there too, but, but from, you know, from a radio perspective. So many pieces of this legacy. Uh, Mary Edwards, a longtime producer at St. Louis Public Radio, and Joel Miner, curator of manuscripts and the modern literature collection at Washington University Libraries. Thank you so much for joining us today to talk about Lauren Cuoco. Thank you Thank for you. having us. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.